The Secret Prince by Kim Alsup, Chapter 15, Little Sunrise Come to Me. Rondouin woke in the morning twilight and dressed in his linen shirt and the peasant breeches that he wore to school. He picked up the jug of water and the pail of chicken food he had left by the door to his room and walked down the quiet hallway to the balcony. Here he found the chickens wide awake. They stood by their empty food bowl, tipping their heads to the left and to the right, as if they were asking why no food had appeared. Just a minute, said Rondouin. I've got plenty of food for you. Pouring the food from the pail to their food dish, he said, Look, it's yummy turnip peels and bits of porridge from the queen's very own bowl. She never finishes her porridge. Here are crumbs of bread I collected from the breadboard. And my mother gave me too much kale and I didn't finish it, so I brought it to you. The chickens pecked at their food while Rondouin poured the old water over the rail. He listened to it splash into the water below. Then he poured water from the jug into the water bowl. Agnes told me to come for breakfast when the sun is fully risen, but the sun isn't up yet, so I can stay, thought Rondouin, looking for a good place to sit on the floor. When he found a clean spot, he sat down cross-legged with his back against the railing. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a handful of grain and held it out towards the chickens. Sunrise took one cautious step toward Rondouin. She tipped her head to the right and then to the left. Rondouin sat very still. He was totally quiet. Sunrise took one more step. Only two more steps until you reach my hand, thought Rondouin. He waited. Sunrise stood still like a statue. Suddenly, rays of sun brightened the door to the hallway. Rondouin didn't dare turn his head to see the sun rising over the far turret. He knew that his slightest movement would likely scare the hen. Rondouin pictured sunrise nibbling out of his hand. If I'm really calm and really quiet, perhaps she will be brave enough to come to me, he thought. Rondouin's arm began to ache. I didn't think I could get tired from holding a small handful of oats, he thought. He looked Sunrise directly in the eye and smiled at her. She took one more step. Will talking to her scare her or calm her, he wondered. And then he started singing. He didn't plan to sing to Sunrise. It just happened. Very softly, he sang, Little chicken, hear my plea. Little Sunrise, come to me. Sunrise took one more step. Rondouin's left hand held the grain and his left hand rested near the hem of his shirt. He took the hem between his fingers. Sunrise took a short step and pecked at the grain in Rondouin's hand. It tickled. He smiled and managed to keep his giggles inside. Now Rondouin could feel the warmth of the sun on the back of his neck. He knew the sun had fully risen. Rondouin slowly pulled his right hand toward his body. Sunrise followed his hand, and when Rondouin's fingers came to rest near his stomach, she again pecked at the grain. That's when Rondouin reached around the bird with his left arm and drew her close. He tucked her under his left arm and fed her from his right hand. He waited for her to finish the grain, and then, while continuing to hold the hen, he leaned forward and rose to a standing position. Turning, they saw the golden sun, fully risen, lighting up the edges of the clouds. Rondouin remembered a song he had learned at school. He felt like he had learned it just so he could sing it to his chickens at this very moment. 
the golden sun so great and bright warms the earth with all its might. It makes the dark earth green and fair and tends each thing with endless care. It shines on blossom, stone, and tree, on bird and beast, on you and me. Oh, may each deed throughout the day, may everything I do or say be bright and strong and true, oh, golden sun like you. Chapter 16, A Mystery The sun is fully up, thought Rondolin, smiling. He put sunrise down and looked into the two baskets. Each basket held one lovely egg. He put a handful of straw in the empty food bucket and then carefully laid the eggs in the bucket on the straw. Goodbye, sunrise. Goodbye, sunset, he said as he stepped out the door. Rondouin usually moved as quickly as possible as he wove his way around the scaffolding. But today, carrying a bucket with two precious eggs, he walked slowly down the third floor hallway and down the stairway. As he opened the second floor doorway, he almost bumped into Cook Agnes. Good day, Prince Rondouin, she said, stepping to the side to make room for him to walk beside her. Good day to you, said Rondouin. Cook Agnes carried a large basket in her right hand. It was heavy with turnips, onions, and carrots. Her left hand grasped a walking stick. Look at those lovely eggs, she said to Rondouin, peering into his bucket. Cook Agnes and Rondouin walked slowly down the hallway together, even more slowly than Rondouin had walked on the third floor. Rondouin realized that the heavy basket was hard for her to carry. Let's trade, said Rondouin. You take the eggs and I'll carry the basket. Thank you, said the cook, as Rondouin lifted the heavy basket and handed her the light bucket. Rondouin wrapped both arms around the big basket. It was heavy, but he had no problem carrying it. The king and queen ate their morning meal before the sun had fully risen, said Cook Agnes. Then we went to the new storage room. It's quite a mess. When the first floor flooded, the workers were in such a hurry to move the food that they had to leave it in piles on the floor in the new storage room. I came back with a basket full of food, and the queen and the king stayed to organize the food on shelves and tables. Should I go help them? asked Rondouin. Not today, Cook Agnes answered. The queen told me to bring you with me when I go to the first floor, but first you must eat your porridge. Cook Agnes and Rondouin sat together in the new kitchen, eating porridge. Why are we going to the first floor? asked Rondouin. I had just started working in the castle as a kitchen helper when a flood much like this, hap this one happened. I was just a little bit older than you are now, said Cook Agnes. I remembered that the lower stairway near the dining hall was stained from the deep water for many years. When the stain began to fade, they wanted to make a permanent mark that showed the highest level of the water. So they chiseled out a stone on the, top, on the side of the step at the high point of the flood. Your parents want us to go down there and try to find the gap in the wall. Then we will know for sure whether this flood is deeper than that one. When Rondouin and Cook Agnes stepped into the staircase, Rondouin already felt that something was different. Something had changed since he walked down these stairs to help with the green rowboat. It was something about the sound. The echo of their footsteps sounded different. Then he saw it. Midway down the steps, looking out toward the scaffolding, 
he realized the water had grown higher. Now the water lapped over the edge of the scaffolding. The water had come so high that the plank of wood that had connected the stairs to the temporary dock had floated away. Rondouin spotted the piece of wood floating near the dining hall. He thought it looked lost and lonely. The water is higher than it was when I was here holding the boat, said Rondouin. How can that be? asked Cook Agnes. I don't understand it either, said Rondouin. The only rain since Sir Andrew left with the last boatload of workers happened just as the boat entered the forest, and it only rained for a few minutes. Rondouin walked quickly to the last step before the water. Cook Agnes followed slowly, leaning on her walking stick. She sat down on a dry step and handed Rondouin the walking stick. They chiseled out a stone on that side, she said, pointing to the left side of the stairway. Use my walking stick to see if you can find the spot with the missing stone. Rondouin took the stick and poked along the wall, checking for a gap one step at a time. Not this one, he said, as he felt a solid rock wall along the first underwater step. And not this one, he said, moving down one more step. And not this one, he said, as he discovered the third step also had solid stones alongside it. Now Rondouin reached the fourth step that was underwater, but the stick was too short. He took off his shoes and stockings and stepped onto the first step underwater. The water felt cold, very cold. His peasant breeches came just past his knees. He thought he could manage to keep them dry, but when he crouched down to reach the fourth underwater step with the stick, he soaked the edge of his breeches. And then there it was, a gap in the wall. I found it, I found it, said Rondouin. There's a hole in the wall right next to the fourth step. Oh my, said Cook Agnes four steps lower than the water level today. Still standing in the cold water, Rondouin looked up the stairwell and carefully counted the dry steps. He counted twice, just to be sure. Twenty-two dry steps to the landing, he said. I've been trying to remember what happened during that flood long ago, said Cook Agnes. I don't remember exactly how many days until the water went down, but it was a long time. And then we still couldn't travel because the deep mud would eat your boots and lame your horse. The water is deeper now, so it will take longer to go away. Now Rondouin stepped out of the water. He noticed that the edge of his pants were wet and he felt a sudden chill. Let's get you dry and warm, said Cook Agnes. Go along to your bedchamber and get dry breeches on. By the time you get back to the new kitchen, the fire will be roaring. Rondouin stood at the window in his dry breeches and looked out toward the village. He could not see the town, of course, for it was hidden behind the forest. But today he could see something that had been hidden during the, the time of rain. Beyond the forest, he saw the hills and the mountains. Looking at the mountains, he wondered whether the people in the high hill towns had been soaked by days of rain. But then, as the water would run downhill in the small creeks, he thought, here, in the flatlands near the big river and the wide lake, the water just stays, and strangely even gets deeper, even after the rain stops. Rondouin felt a little chill, and remembered that Cook Agnes was building up the fire. I can sit by the fire and think about the magic of the rising water, he thought. <laughs>